Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Louise Makshari of Catch Up with Louise Makshari. I could not be more thrilled to be telling you about the return of The White Lotus. It's streaming now with a Now Entertainment membership. I loved everything about the first series of the show, from the cast to the music. And it is just the perfect blend of mystery, comedy and drama. In, in my opinion, the finale of the last series was nothing short of a masterpiece. And now in season two, they're bringing us to Italy. Jennifer Coolidge is back and thank God for that. And this time she's joined by a new cast of characters. If you missed season one, I can't encourage you enough to catch up. You won't regret it. It's streaming now with a Now Entertainment membership. And you can stream the new season of the Emmy Award winning The White Lotus weekly on Now. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me on foxsports.com and the Fox Sports app. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. There's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Man, it feels good to be able to say that introduction once again. It's been a little inconsistent here for a bit, as you well know. I started out planning to talk about the insight recent days have given me into what it might be like for an NBA player to try to play, or not just an NBA player, but an athlete, professional athlete, to try to play after losing a father or mother. And then Steph Curry broke the three-point record, and I watched that hug between him and his dad, Dell, and I realized I have two things I can understand or appreciate in a way I couldn't before because of the events of this past week. But first, to the experience of losing a mom or a dad. I now know what it's like. As those of you who listen regularly to this podcast know, my dad's health started failing dramatically in recent weeks, so much so that I've had to make two trips across the country to see him in as many weeks. Well, this trip ended up lasting a lot longer because his heart finally gave out on him. If there's any consolation in that, and I'm not sure there is, I was by his side when he took his last breath. Not having lost a parent before, I've always accepted that it had to be emotionally wrenching, succeeded only by a parent losing a child. But unless you've been inside that experience, I don't know if you can truly appreciate all that goes with it. Or that I'm pretty certain now it can have widely different effects on someone. Having viewed the event for others through the prism of sports, as in so-and-so just lost their mom or dad, how is it going to affect them in their work? Are they going to play? Are they not going to play? And how will they perform when they do? I was always curious why it lifted some guys up and took some guys down. And I'm going to be 
gender specific in this and talk about just male athletes for reasons that you'll see as I I go forward. Uh, But a big part being that I just don't know that I can relate to how a woman feels losing her dad versus her mom. And that's something that I want to get into when it comes to being a son. Uh, I generally thought that the response or the reaction or how it impacted an athlete uh, had to do with the emotional makeup of the athlete who suffered the loss. And I suppose some of that still might hold true, but I now believe the impact has a lot more to do with who the parent was, what they espoused to their son, and what kind of relationship he or she, the mom or dad, had with their son. Now, how the person experienced their parent passing also matters, I believe. Although I live on the other side of the country, I was granted what turned out to be a two-week ramp. The inevitability of him going actually arrived four years ago when my dad fell into a coma. Well, he fell and then went into a coma, and the doctor told me to come home to say goodbye, that even if he came out of the coma, he would be in a vegetative state. I broke down after I hung up the phone. When I arrived in his hospital room, though, he was just coming out of the coma and could identify me. And 48 hours later, we were watching the Bengals and Steelers on Monday Night Football together in his hospital room. And in the subsequent four years, he demonstrated uh, that he had not lost any of his faculties. He had to regain them, but he eventually did. The timeline on my first visit this time around, two weeks ago, was that he had weeks or months. And then I came back a week later because it was starting to look like days. And by day two of this visit, we were down to hours. Now, I have enough thoughts and images swimming through my head, and the end arrived somewhat gradually. The thoughts and questions and blank spaces needing to be filled for someone whose parent went suddenly, unexpectedly, and or with them elsewhere has to be like searching for a needle in a bathtub full of water. A search for something solid, however tiny, to hold on to in a vast space of memories and images floating through your head. Or maybe it's because you're not there, at least for a short period of time, it doesn't seem real. So I can also see how this would be in play. If the parent goes suddenly and the athlete isn't there and has to perform before they can be with the family or have in-person confirmation, it would be easy not to take it as real and play mind games with yourself. When I think of an athlete losing a parent and the impact on them, three men immediately come to mind. Brett Favre, Michael Jordan, and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I'd bet that that it's not really real until I see it was at work with Favre when he threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns in beating the Raiders on the road with the Green Bay Packers the day after his dad died. Favre was already in Oakland with the Packers when he got the news and decided not to miss the game. Now, Jordan didn't have a game to distract him when he learned his father had been murdered. It was July, and he had just won his third championship in a row with the Bulls a month earlier. 
Having lost my dad, I now understand what might have driven Jordan to leave basketball. Not just the thing he mastered, but the thing his father had already seen him command at the highest level. And he left to pursue his father's favorite sport, not caring if he was any good at it or as good as he was at basketball, which just at the time seemed strange or unlikely for someone who had such expectations for themselves, such high standards. I didn't understand how Jordan could accept all of the failure and losing that uh, he experienced in baseball, that he was sure to experience in baseball. The Sports Illustrated cover telling MJ to bag his baseball career in hindsight could not have been more insensitive, I realize now. I don't believe it was just his dad's love for baseball that inspired him to make the switch. Some of it had to be a desire to be in an entirely unfamiliar environment with a job that would require his full concentration and attention because there was so much to learn. If he had stayed in basketball, how many times would he visit a restaurant or a hotel or an arena and have a memory flash of being there with his dad? picturing him in a particular seat or table. My first inclination these last few days was just to get away to some foreign environment where there were no reminders or touchstones of my dad, of my current life. And I know for me, staying in my parents' house, driving by the soccer fields where he coached me, going past his basement workshop or upstairs past his spot at the dining room table, makes, his, makes me feel his absence that I know I won't to the same degree when I return to California. I'll still feel it there for sure, but I don't expect it to be quite as in my face as, as it has been for the last week living in the house I grew up. I'm Louise Makshari of Catch Up with Louise Makshari. I could not be more thrilled to be telling you about the return of The White Lotus. It's streaming now with a Now Entertainment membership. I loved everything about the first series of the show from the cast to the music and it is just the perfect blend of mystery, comedy and drama. In in my opinion, the finale of the last series was nothing short of a masterpiece and now in season two, they're bringing us to Italy. Jennifer Coolidge is back and thank God for that and this time she's joined by a new cast of characters. If you missed season one, I can't encourage you enough to catch up. You won't regret it. It's streaming now with a Now Entertainment membership and you can stream the new season of the Emmy Award winning The White Lotus weekly on Now. I also get now why Jordan, when he won his fourth championship three years later on Father's Day, beelined for the locker room and broke down in tears thinking his dad wasn't there. The first time he'd won it all and his dad wasn't there to see it. I didn't understand then how the sorrow could last that long. I thought it was extraordinary that it had. Now, I get it. I don't know what that trigger might be for me in the coming years, but a few possibilities come to mind. What I know for sure is that it's out there. Jordan and Favre lost their dads, of course, while Carl Anthony Towns lost his mom to COVID. Reports are that it was a month-long battle before she's, she succumbed, but Towns was still wrecked by it the following season and is haunted by both Mother's Day and Easter, which brings the anniversary of her death. There's no sense or storyline that her passing inspired him to perform in some special way. 
Instead, he has been really open about the fact that it has been hard for him to find the same joy or meaning in the game since he lost his mom. Having lost my dad, I believe it's my instinct for self-preservation that made me peek around the corner and think about what it's going to be like when my mom follows him. Being around her, I can see his going has her thinking about it. So naturally, it's done the same for me. I know it's going to be different, though, because my relationship with her versus him is so different. My dad was not a talker, nor a complimenter, and my desire to make him proud of me was driven by the difficulty in knowing if he was, if I was passing muster or making the grade in his eyes. And pretty much making the grade is about as good as you were going to get. As sons, I think it's pretty natural to want to show our dads what we're made of, especially if sports are involved, on the field or the court or whatever pastime or pursuit that we share. Maybe it's in music, maybe it's in business. But it's why performing well to honor their passing, to think that we're somehow sending them a message that we're okay, a sign of appreciation for all they taught us, makes a lot of sense. Why that would embolden us, inspire us. Now, playing with the memory of a mom that is gone, on the other hand, would be much different. My mom held me to pretty high standards, too, and wasn't one to do a lot of praising either, but I always knew her love was unconditional. I suspect Towns had that same feeling with his mom. If she hasn't inspired him to rise to new heights for the Timberwolves, it's because no part of their relationship was based on his excellence as a basketball player. By the sound of it, she was more of a refuge, someone who allowed him to see basketball as a game as it is. A game, as opposed to a battleground where he had to win and dominate and achieve to prove his worth as a man. The flip side of all this is that on the same day that the doctors told me they had no more tricks left in their bag to reverse my dad's spiral, I found out my son had been named MVP of his high school team's state championship win in football. My son, who is named after my dad. My son, who was born in August, just like my dad, and shares his unmistakable physical toughness and linebacker build. The last sporting event my dad watched was my son winning that state championship on a computer from his hospital bed. Talk about having your emotions pulled in diametrically opposite directions. Now, as some of you know, I was a collegiate soccer player. My second love and second best sport is basketball. That had been my son's best sport and first love for most of his life, right up until last year, this being his first full season of playing football. Uh, his growth in, and success in the sport has been mind-blowing. He started both ways as a tight end and linebacker, uh, loved playing, so he played on special teams because he wanted to, essentially never came off the field. After Steph Curry set the new career three-point shooting mark, his dad, Del Curry, said he saw LeVar Ball wearing a hat that said, I told you so, a reference to all of LeVar's crowing that his sons, LiAngelo, Lonzo, and LaMelo were all going to be studs in the NBA. 
I don't know that what he told us has fully come true. In fact, I know that it hasn't. But LeVar has never been shy about inflating his powers of prediction. In any case, Dell said if he wore a hat, it would say, I had no idea. And I can completely relate to that. I'd be wearing the same hat. My son has started on every basketball team he's ever played for, except now and then for teams I coached. And he's always been a vital piece of every team but he's never been perceived as the star. Unlike his sister, who has drawn a lot of interest since middle school, he's always had to prove himself. So now to be getting media outlets interviewing him and to be winning awards and all of this recognition, especially in a sport he just started playing, is a completely new experience. And I suspect it's even more enjoyable because it's new for me too. When we talk about his football games, I'm asking a lot of questions about things I see, and because he's so new to it, I'm more likely to compliment him on something he learned to do from one game to the next, like riding a blocker until the exact time he needs to shed him to make the tackle. When it, and it comes to basketball, I'm usually making observations about what I know or how I thought he could have handled a situation different or referencing some NBA player's technique that he should study and try to adopt. When, when, when he's working on his shot, uh, I can't help myself. I'm going to point out certain things. When it comes to football, I'm asking questions. There's certain techniques that I believe I understand, but I'm looking for confirmation from him, and I'm finding out how he's adopting them. Football is his world, and he's bringing me into it through his perspective and experience. And it just dawned on me that soccer was the sport my dad taught me, while basketball was the one I moved on to, made mine, and then got to share with him. He would ask me questions about the teams and players I was covering the same way I asked my son about his experiences in football. It looks as if he's going to get a chance to play football in college now, which means we will continue this journey together. But I find myself, with my dad gone, clearly and solely in the parent role, which is jarring. feels like the roof of my house has been removed, exposing me to the elements, and now I'm serving as my son's roof. Now, I don't... I don't know if that analogy works, but I'm going to roll with it. And I don't know that I have some profound takeaway from all that has transpired over the last week, other than I have a different, deeper perspective on the joy and despair that comes with being part of a chain forged, at least in part, by sports. How we teach them, what we learn from them, the way in which we experience them together. I know this. I will never forget all that happened this week. It will forever create a bond between my dad, me, and my son. And sports will very much be a part of it. All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It is good to be back. That said, 
I don't know when the next episode will come out. Uh, I still have a funeral funeral to get through. Uh, I have been keeping tabs on what's going on in the NBA, so I will be back, and I will be back on subject very soon. Uh, but it may not be until the beginning of next week. So in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a very personal one for me. And I'll leave it at that. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Louise Makshari of Catch Up with Louise Makshari. I could not be more thrilled to be telling you about the return of The White Lotus. It's streaming now with a Now Entertainment membership. I loved everything about the first series of the show, from the cast to the music. And it is just the perfect blend of mystery, comedy and drama. In, in my opinion, the finale of the last series was nothing short of a masterpiece. And now in season two, they're bringing us to Italy. Jennifer Coolidge is back and thank God for that. And this time she's joined by a new cast of characters. If you missed season one, I can't encourage you enough to catch up. You won't regret it. It's streaming now with a Now Entertainment membership. And you can stream the new season of the Emmy Award winning The White Lotus weekly on Now.